welcome to the Skin Nerd Podcast, a skin enthusiast dream or a nosy Parker's delight as we delve into human skincare cabinets one product at a time. Today's guest is the multi-talented, hair-fixing Darren Kennedy, a beautiful dancer, TV presenter and the founder and creator of Kennedy & Co. Men's Skincare and Grooming Range. Well, hello. Hello, Jennifer. How are you? I'm I- just actually in awe of how you do this perfect <laughs> hair flick constantly. I was so. just fixing my hair as you said that. Because it's audio and nobody can see it. No. It looks beautiful. But do you know what? Less is more in your hair. Guys always ask me, how do I get the lift and the hold in your hair? In my hair, less product okay. for me. So I literally put a minute amount of product in on clean hair always. And then from the root up, let it lift. And then I like it to move. I mean, I don't want my hair stuck to my head. And there's certain jobs that I do in TV or whatever where they'll come at me with a can of hairspray. I'm like, no, it's meant to move. Um, so yeah, that's, anyway, top tip for the guys out there. Flexi- but you're right though, yours always looks like it has flexibility. Cause sometimes you see actually now my next door neighbor getting an absolute shame here, but he loves to part his hair. I swear to God, he gets a ruler. The, the, the parting is so perfect. And it's just so heavy looking. Oh, I love you, David. Um, but that, that's the reality that a lot of men feel that it's quite heavy, but yours is always kind of of fluffy and flowy but yeah the volume is incredible it, I guess it depends on how you like it but for me it's like it, I like it Less natural I like it natural and also I like I touch my hair a lot so if it feels sticky or hard or stuck to my head it's like, like it's it. not nice and then it flakes and then it kind of upsets your scalp and all sorts of things so guys always ask me how do you get the hold and I'll say start with less and build it up because I think some guys have the temptation they take loads they put it in their hair I'm do- like I use a clay but whatever your product is and then obviously once you've done that unless you're going to go and wash your hair again you can't really go back I know what you mean you're kind of stuck with it yeah you are can I just say that your intro was actually quite hard to write because you have well I can't take credit for writing it Lucy Bennett wrote it so it's a beautiful introduction but what like am I did I condense it enough because I feel that there's so much about you I don't know I know you a little bit but not a lot so if you were to describe yourself in three sentences how would you describe yourself oh gosh in three sentences well my career is ever evolving so right now I'd say to you that I'm a tv presenter broadcaster a an entrepreneur that's the continuous thread those two throughout my career and um, an eternal optimist oh, <laughs> probably well, would be what I'd one. say. Yeah. Well, that's what feeds into the entrepreneurship for sure. <laughs> yeah. But bring us back to, I suppose, Darren, 17, 18, where you were in school, you are planning to do what? What was your goal? When I was, well, I did my leaving cert when I was 17. And I... I, I, I a baby. Yeah, I know. I was really young and I couldn't wait to get it done and get out of school. That was just my ambition. Um, and when I was in school, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I initially wanted to be a vet. Okay. Realised I'm far too squeamish. Still to this day, I can't touch a raw chicken fillet. I can okay. eat it when it's cooked. Are you vegan or vegetarian? No, I love meat. No, okay. But I just not into blood and like, so yeah, and I've you... also got a phobia of needles and things like that. So yes. veterinary. Good, good career decision. I can yeah. understand. Did the career guidance counselor talk you out? Of that? Uh, no one needed to tell me. I knew that myself. <laughs> I had enough cop on. And then I, when I was in school, I just loved French. I love the language and I love speak. I love talking, as you know. So speaking another language was lovely. So I just wanted to go and live in France for a while. Are so you I... one of these people that can pick up languages really easily? Yes. I have a good ear for it. Okay, because last year you were learning a different language and I met you first. So you just Portuguese. have this. Yeah. So. Eu Portuguese. Oh, I know. What's that? Eh, I don't you, I'm you speaking said, Portuguese. I know, but that's not fair. <laughs> so you need to say something like, um, smells don't change cells. Can you say that? I can't say that in Portuguese. <laughs> no. What about French? Uh, le son, le, what do you say? The smell? Smells don't change cells. Uh, le son ne change pas les cells. Fantastic. Le so cellule. if we ever go global, you can be my translator. Oh, there you go. So you loved French and then you studied French in college. Yeah, I studied international business with French and Spanish. And primarily, I'd originally started in French and Spanish 
on their own in Trinity. And thankfully, I'd got offered this other course at the same time. And my dad said, you know what, the business might be a bad thing to do. And I went, Grant, it was the best advice I'd ever gotten because I realised subsequently that if I'd have done arts effectively, French and Spanish and Trinity, that it was all very literature based, like Proust, Zola, all those things, all the things I don't have patience for uh, and probably would have absolutely flunked. And it's not that I'm sure if I'd have put my head down, I'd have got through, but I've learned, I learned very quickly in life. I am good at the things I like. And I know that sounds obvious, but sometimes, you know, even for my leave insert, and I think this is really interesting actually, and it's only looking back at it now, um, we're all told you should do at least a science, you should do a, a language, you should do, I'm like, I don't like science. Mm-hmm. So I'm not doing any, because that's just gonna be hardship and it's gonna be a slog. So I could either like Immerse channel- Immerse myself in something I love. Exactly, and the, there are people out there who are far better off at science than me, so they can do that. Yeah, and I'll do what I'm good at. With different parts of the brain, I suppose, isn't yeah. it? But look, the fact that you did the business, that has to stand to you, because as a broadcaster, TV presenter, presumably a lot of the time you're self-employed or it's contract work. And then as you said, you're an entrepreneur and we'll get to your skincare shortly. But you've had so many different collabs with brands, like you have had Suits, yeah there's a never-ending list of things that you've worked with so all of that I suppose background must really give you a foundation to be able to be equipped to have those conversations with brands yeah it absolutely does I mean even before all that I was working freelance in tv and uh I went I set up my first business when I was 24 Wow, and that was was a personal styling business and I set up a website so we're talking almost 15 years ago and I set up a website as a calling card and I had put a little blog on it because I'd heard someone talk about a blog at one point and I put a blog but I'd noticed that the traffic was coming through on the blog so what I did was I flipped it and that became an online magazine Help My Style which was you know people who will remember Butte.ie Help My Style was kind of at the forefront of lifestyle and and, uh, uh, style online magazines in the country and actually I only put it to bed about two years ago because it was a bit of a distraction Was it hard? Uh, because it's your it's your baby in a sense it gave you a platform and I suppose really worked alongside while you were growing a profile the brand was building it served its purpose and yeah I was sad to see it go but at the same time I kind of felt like it was pulling me away from the other things that I need to dedicate my time to and unless I had someone you know in an ideal world I would have had a team in place and someone who wanted to grow it and continue it Uh, but it had served its purpose so I was happy to move on when I look at you from social media, I'm nearly exhausted. And I mean that in the most complimentary sense because you seem to be traveling a lot. First of all, your body's always beautiful, which is just, can I say for the record, really annoying because I'm usually watching it when I'm tired and like, I must go to the gym. Oh, there's Darren, he looks fabulous. Oh yeah. Oh. So, but you're constantly on the go. What drives you, what motivates you? So the goal of this podcast is to get under your skin. So tell us a little bit about what motivates you. What motivates me is starting new projects and seeing them through to the end and then going that was great hopefully and if it wasn't learning from what wasn't great and moving on so I'm very much motivated um uh, very much kind of a self-starter always have been uh, and I even remember when I was when I was in school so I mentioned I wanted to learn French and my ambition and I'm very goal orientated and my ambition when I finished school was to speak fluent French I didn't know how that was going to happen or how I was going to make it work and I remember at the time I uh, heard a French college, which is basically like residential. Talk? Basically, for the, French. yeah, for French here in oh, Ireland, good. but okay. very expensive. 
Now, I went to school not a million miles from where we are now. I went to school on Collins Avenue, St. Aidan's. Oh, so like, you know, lovely, normal, working class family. My mom and dad both worked really hard, but like we didn't have loads of money. And I had announced that I wanted to go to French college and it was 500 pounds for three weeks. And mom and dad went, that's lovely idea, Darren, <laughs> we, we. But we also have two other children and that's probably not gonna happen. So they said, listen, if you can, if you wanna make some of the money and start saving, I was like, go for it. So I what paid. Did you do? Yeah, I did. I did. I paid. I worked. So my first job was when I was 13 in the Maxall garage on the old airport road washing cars. And then I've worked, I've had a job ever since. And But it gave me an enormous sense of independence. And I loved not having to ask my mother and father for money for clothes or money for if I was out with my friends to go to McDonald's, little things like that. Uh, so I saved up to go to French college. Uh, and I went the first year, I paid for £495. I remember that's back in that's 95, 96. Wow. And then the following year, I got a job there as an animateur. So basically, I went back for free and I was working. And so that, that kind of ethos, I guess, is what drives me. Do you like being what we would describe as a grafter? That's just what I that's am. That's ultimately what you are. It's just what I am. So you love French. You had a goal. You drove it through. Your parents had no choice, which is great. So you, mm. you kind of self They encouraged me, though. They of absolutely course. encouraged me. But find out, yeah, no, find out, especially when you have three children, you have to kind of share amongst all. But then talking about how the television element aspect started and radio, so where did that fall into the French business aspect? Well, it didn't really. That was kind of completely uh, a separate tangent. Uh, and I was doing fifth year and I remember going to my guidance counsellor and saying I'd like to work in TV I just got this in my head I want to work in TV and media and he said go to DCU and do communications now I was living for the day that I got out of my secondary school right. Christian brother uh, old boys school very much GAA focused uh, are you I'm, sporty? No, <laughs> not in that sense so like needless to say I just wanted to be done with school and get out of it now the thoughts of going to college and university was very exciting However, there was a hedge between my school and DCU. That's so how close you are. That's how, so I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm in my back garden. I need to go further, further <laughs> field. I need to get away from this school. So um, I didn't want to do that. And then I had a neighbor uh, whose name was Alan Hughes, who had just moved in around Very the corner. Good. And at this time, Ireland, uh, Ireland AM had just started in TV3. And I remember saying to my mom, Mom, I'd like to, like, I want to work in TV. I'd love to get a job. And she goes, knock into Alan Hughes. He's on TV. And did you know him? Like, he was a neighbor that you waved and said hello to? Or you'd no. never met him from we, Adam? It was a new estate. We'd all just kind of moved in. I'd right. never met him. Like, so knock, we, knock, knock on the knock, door. Knock, knock, literally. I said, hi, I'm Darren. Oh, dear Darren. I'm Darren from number one. Um, I'm interested in TV. Could I talk to you? And in fairness to him, he was very generous. And over time, I got to know him. And then... I got my first gig in TV as a runner on Ireland AM. So I used to go out with Alan at like half five in the morning, do a couple of hours, and then they'd get me a taxi and I'd go into college. And that was my first ever gig in media. Uh, but I do, because I do Ireland AM most Fridays. And when I'm there, the runners are definitely on an absolute mission to be the presenter or different different parts in media. But that's how you started off, yeah. just immersing yourself and understanding what it took. Yes, just understanding the business. Yeah, Again, that's the whole thing. It's understanding the business. And then I went on to become a researcher, a producer, and doing various sort of things. All the while, I guess, while getting my flying hours on TV. I did my first ever TV appearance on Ireland AM. Then I went on to do RT2 and just built it up. And then I started working with Jerry Ryan as a reporter. Have I lost you yet? You no, see, there are, a lot, there are lots of parts of this jigsaw. It's brilliant though. Uh, and, and then one thing led to another and it kind of all uh, kept growing. And then the fact that you had the style and obviously a passion for hair and skin at the same time, was it that you were in the media that you felt you had to look after your appearance or did you just enjoy 
Because you're today you're dressing a beautiful. How would you describe it? Like it's a black and white Hawaiian esque shirt. But yeah, it's, it's kind of Miami Vice. Touch of Miami Vice, there, Cuban exactly. color. So you obviously have so many different strings to your bow. There was the television element. Did you feel that loving hair, skin, your clothing, was that all part and parcel of being in the media or did you just have a passion and a grow for it? Well, it actually came about by chance because I was working on uh, TV shows in particular. I had just finished this first series of Operation Transformation, which was a beast, very small team. Uh, massive demands. What You'd was work. your role within it? What did you do? I was the producer, the web producer. So it was the first time that RTE had done a 360. Uh, and by 360, I mean web, radio and TV, but it all began on the web. So I was the producer of that website. So it was a daily website, which we filmed content for. We create, And all this sounds like, okay, yeah, we should we see that now every day of the week? But that was not the norm. No. But, yeah. And, and uh, our big struggle was Wi-Fi. Did people have Wi-Fi? Was their Wi-Fi uh, going to be strong enough? Like they were the types of things that we were Darren, considering. Darren, to have that conversation now, it's just so different, isn't it? It's yeah. evolved so rapidly. And YouTube wasn't around. So you were, it wasn't a case of just uploading to YouTube. It all had to go through RT. It was a, bit, it was a nightmare, but it was a massive. Challenging. <laughs> so, but I got to the end of that and I was working like 60, 80 hours a week and TV's amazing but like you get a pat on the back you don't get any bonuses or any uh, rewards or any pensions or anything like that and I remember being exhausted and thinking I need to just do something for me just completely non-related to work just as a hobby and I, I kind of really reflected on what it is I might do and kind of just looked back at kind of my life and what I've always been interested in and I distilled it down to three areas it was fashion and style interiors or gardens and okay. garden architecture like I love plants and I still do to this day and style and fashion was the the path of the least resistance all the other two would have required at least maybe three or four years full-time study and I'm like I've already done four years yes. I'm not doing that again thank you very much so I packed myself off to Central St Martins in London and I did a course and I set up my personal styling business and literally within two years the 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 two worlds collided so by season by series three of operation, operation transformation. transformation i was the reporter on the jerry ryan show i was producer of the web and also hosting a kind of daily uh, webcast on the website and i was the stylist for the final reveal and i had set up help my style so that's how two worlds they collided. Merged. yeah very clever we have to talk about your skincare have to talk about it so it's been it's, is it a year in October that it's on shelves in October yeah, yeah. 18th of October we Happy will be birthday thank you no it's actually you know 18th of October we launched we only hit shelves on the 1st of November so we're not even a year old yet which is actually hard to believe everywhere that I go in whether it's for skin ingredients or cleanse off mitt people tell me how well it's doing how the perception is that people just adore it they love it they're coming back and I think the hardest part as a brand That's owner great. it's somewhat easy to get a brand onto shelves because you have a phenomenal profile you, they know that there'll be traction but it's getting somebody to fall in love with a product that they will replenish and buy and buy and buy and that's where you're at so many of our clients contact us and say I'm using your skincare Jennifer what's your thoughts and it's no secret I've had it on Ireland AM we've spoken about it a lot I love it they'll email you saying they're using Kennedy yeah, & Co because, because our clients particularly Nerd Network are, are they really love to be told yay or nay so they don't necessarily just buy because something is marketed or really trending. They'll be the opposite. They're really conservative, which we encourage. We want you to use the right ingredients for your skin. So when you launch, people are like, so um, is this really good? What do you think? Can you tell me about the ingredients? So Okay, so for those that don't know, talk to me about Kennedy & Co. How did the idea come about? Let's start at the beginning. Well, it came, it's something that happened very organically. It was, uh, again, it's a bit being goal-driven and, and kind of having these ideas that pop into my head. So about four years ago. Do you sleep, ago, Darren? Do the ideas come I do sleep. I mean, they just randomly pop into my head and I kind of think oh I think I could make that happen 
happen. Yeah. I don't know how. And the best way I describe it is way. some of these things are like, it's like you're standing on the coast and you can see a tiny little island in the distance. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I could get there. Not quite sure how, but sure I'll start. That's the fun part, isn't it? <laughs> that Trying is the to navigate. Fun part. Yeah. And, and the, do you know, the, about the one thing I'll say about people who are goal orientated is be flexible in your goals because sometimes if you're too focused on the goal at hand, you can miss opportunities. And also it can really demotivate you if you don't get to the goal at a certain time. And if, as you say, other opportunities will come along. You might deviate from your plan. Yeah. And so that's the fun. change the goalposts. And that's the fun. So anyway, I wanted to, I had obviously worked with Louis Copeland and we had created the, the DKXLC brand, which was a much more contemporary uh, range of tailoring than Louis Copeland had ever done before uh, for the modern man, because I was living in London. And when I came home to Ireland, I kind of felt there wasn't really a choice for what I wanted. Yeah. So I spoke to Louis and we started that. We did six seasons of that. And I remember kind of- It wasn't bit, supposed to be the six seasons though, was it? It was, only, it was supposed to be- It was only meant to be one. And just the demand and the traction was there. Yeah. And like, I never realized, but Louis subsequently to told me, like Louis Copeland, they're in business close to a hundred years, that over the years, various people had approached him and they'd never done it. So the timing was right. And he Okay. took a punt on me. Did you ever see somebody on a night out in your suit? Lots. Or at a wedding or an event? Yes. And would you go over? Or like, what kind of person are you? Do well, you, loads of people got them? married in my suits. Ah, yeah, okay. which is amazing. That's Actually, Rosanna, uh, Wes Quirk, as far yeah, as I yeah. know, got married in my navy tuxedo. Oh, I didn't realise that. Okay, yeah. very good. Um, no, I, I, you know, people know if they were wearing one, they'd know it. And I'd go, oh, I like that suit. You know, I'd be subtle about it. And then obviously they'd open up. Um, but it was around that time where I was like, I wanted to create a skincare brand. Uh, That's going back a good while. Though, it's going back, it, yeah, yeah. It's okay. going back a good few years. Uh, I wasn't sure how, and I kind of just planted the seed in my own head, and I was like, okay, I'm going to put the feelers out. And then uh, in, I had a couple of meetings in London actually with people who were interested in working with me, and it got to the point where I was like, I, it has to be really authentic to me, and having it made in the UK or abroad wasn't being kind of genuine to my own roots, obviously being an Irishman. And I was like, no, I wanna make it in Ireland. Cause you think about brand Ireland abroad, when you know you talk to people about Ireland, the first thing they'll say is, you know, green fields, fresh air, and lots of space and lovely countryside. And I was like, that's exactly, that. they're exactly the conditions you want for the raw materials for skincare. You know, you want all that goodness literally packed into something. So um, I eventually met my, purely through chance, uh, an old, not an old, uh, an old colleague that I used to work with in Aer Lingus. Told you, there's another job. I was checking Aer Lingus. <laughs> you skipped that one for two the summers, line. right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, a chance meeting with her. I hadn't seen her in years, and she introduced me to her husband, and we sat down and we were chatting, and we were both on the same page, and it kind of uh, we brought. We were both lacking each other's skills. So you complement each other completely? Yes. So was he more logistics, distribution, access points at retailers, and you had the brains and the knowledge and the insight, and you e knew what you wanted, so... Exactly. And a then, perfect marriage. You know, creative direction. So not only in creating the products, but in like branding, marketing, packaging, creative direction. Um, and also, I'd been working kind of in the, those intervening years. I was an ambassador with Le Maire. I was ambassador with Kiehl's in the UK, working with all these amazing brands. So learning a lot as I went and I kind of thought do you know what there has to be you, there has to be a way of making excellent skincare products without that price tag and that really was the driver I was going to say is that what drove you so it was is because obviously your brand can be used by men and by women we always say in Nerd HQ that all skin is human and women have skin so <laughs> I what I think you've done so phenomenally well is really marketed and targeted primarily the male 
audience first and foremost. Yeah, well, they're underserved. A hundred percent. You know, but the sector is due to grow exponentially in the next few years. So I think it's a it's a really clever move. But I love hearing that you wanted the Irish part was important to you. So when you talk about raw ingredients, tell me. Okay, so first of all, how many products are there in the range, and what are the main ingredients within it? Let's so at the moment, nerdy. yeah, well, and you know, not only being Irish was important, but it's the the whole range is uh, sulfate and paraben free, cruelty free. I'm a massive animal lover obviously wants to be a vet uh, and you know vegan and so I wanted to start small with a capsule collection really so I was thinking of wardrobes I mean you know it's so important that you have a capsule collection of clothing and the same applies to your skincare because most men and I'm included in that I want to keep it simple I want the basics I travel a lot or I'm throwing it in my gym bag I want to know I've got everything there and yeah. I don't need to spend a half an hour on my skin. But I think you're right in general. I think skincare has gone marketing mad and people have, you know, we have a pre-serum within our range, but a lot of brands will have pre-pre-serums and pre-essences and pre-masks. And you're like, oh my goodness, how many how many things can I need? And an, and an eye cream and an SPF. And a, and there's just so much in it that it's actually, firstly, it's confusing. And then secondly, it's quite costly. So I think the capsule analogy is actually one I didn't realize you used that wording because we use that for skin ingredients. So love ah, it, completely on the same page. Yeah, and people I, do get it in a wardrobe, don't they? They should have like their stilettos or their blazer or whatever it might be. Absolutely, so yeah. you need the same building blocks so your capsule are like essentially Foundation. your building blocks so you know if you've got like the key pieces in your capsule you're never going to be stuck and I think you know it's quite different though men versus women because the majority of women who are into skincare it's almost like a hobby they will spend a lot of money and time doing their skin whereas men and again I'm generalizing here but a lot of men are much more functional and it's kind of a functional priority. Um, so in the range, we have five products at the moment. We have our Kennedy Co. At the Co moment. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, the, the moisturizer with SPF 20. So listen, I don't need to tell you the importance of wearing tell SPF me, Darren, tell every me. I know single nothing. day. <laughs> but you know, when I look at what's available in uh, the supermarket or in the pharmacist, and I'm looking at, you know, anything below 20 euro, the vast majority of the men's don't have, and in fact, I don't think any of them have SPF which is madness. Mm, the is. first one that I can think of that has SPF is Kiehl's. And then you're talking 45, 50 euro for Kiehl's facial fuel with SPF 50. And in actual fact, Kiehl's was really the benchmark for me in terms of quality. I was quality. going to ask, cause if you've been an ambassador for Le Maire and Kiehl's, they're actually like totally different price points, um, totally different backgrounds. So what do you think your main learnings were? Did you get to understand how skincare worked, what the market was? Did you get inspiration throughout those ambassadorships to know what ingredients you didn't want, did yes, want? Yes, exactly. And I think that was it. Through those ambassadorships, I really deep dived into the products. And it was from that that I learned what I, well, A, what, what the key, I guess, essential ingredients are for, are for skin health. Uh, and also what I didn't like. So, I mean, again, it was like like everything in my career. I focus on what I like and what I don't like. And then from there, that's the starting point. So you said no parabens and no sulfates. So why, from your experience, is that something that you tend to steer clear of? Well, I think particularly parabens because they're, the, they're chemicals that can be just a little bit harsh on us. And if you don't need them in there, why put them in is kind of my approach to it. Um, particularly with, um, it's your skin. And... You're okay, you're applying it on your skin, 
But at the same time, I wouldn't eat parabens by choice. And I kind of look at it, it's a holistic, you know, so your skin health is, is not just what you apply to it topically, it's also how you eat, it's your sleep, it's your, your lifestyle, it's whether you smoke, it's exercise, it's all those things. So when it came to it, I'm like, well, why put parabens in it if we can avoid them? Because I just think it's a more natural approach. There's other options, I know what you mean. So yeah. I suppose for us, we tend to not have parabens also, but it's, it's, such a, it's such a crazy world out there. There's so many information for and against things. So our reasoning for not including parabens was marketing more so than anything a lot was of the it? time yeah a yeah. lot of the time actually parabens can sometimes be the most stable preservatives in a product but for that reason it wasn't enough because when you google parabens they get so much backlash so we found other as you said um other preservatives that will work in a similar manner but without having to lean on parabens per se but i'm not opposed to them i think they actually unfortunately get sometimes can get bad press but if there's other options then you know we need to explore it and technology is evolving so well, I heard recently that the EU have passed a directive, which in actual fact is going to say it make it illegal to say no sulfates, no parabens, because it paint just that it's this perception that they are bad and they're not necessarily proven to be bad. But that's a different that's a different story. That's but it was just a whole different conversation. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. But as a founder, I'm sure you're the same. I see online all the time. There's these things marketed as no nasties and no toxins, and and it's hard because you, for example, we're similar. We're we're vegan. We're we're all of the things that you said, but. If you position yourself in a place where you say you're not those, it kind of then demonizes the opposite. But it's what people are looking for. It's so what I think people what are you for. have with your social, would I be right in saying that you have direct access to the end users so you know what they want and what they don't want? And was that a crucial part in your collection of your capsule that you knew the five products that you wanted to bring out first and foremost? Y yes, it was part of it, but it wasn't necessarily the full driver because I think part of it is also educating, particularly when it comes to men. A lot of guys, you know, women have so much information at their disposal. I mean, there's you, there's lots of, you know, and there's loads of information there to soak up. And I kind of feel there's a bit of a lack. I mean, you've GQ, you've maybe a couple of other titles online. And then apart from that, it's like no one is really directing us as to what we do. It apart from basically the brands owned by Procter and & Gamble and Unilever. And there, for me, you know, I've no idea of provenance. I've no idea where that product's come from, where it's been made, what it contains. So it was kind of taking a step back and kind of going, well, hold on a minute five products here so in our moisturizer with spf 20 we've also got hyaluronic in there which is an amazing product as mm -hmm. you know drink for your skin yeah uh we've vitamin d vitamin e like lots of goodness we've got an eye gel again that's got hyaluronic in there which is you know great for plumping we've got caffeine and um, we've got the beard oil which i use as a nighttime facial oil because i don't I've have heard much of a, beard. a lot of people adoring that have you yeah and then from a regrowth re perspective i've heard people say that they found that they have noticed that the hair is plentiful in the air that they're applying it it's really the purpose yeah. yeah i didn't notice jennifer yes, i'm gonna get your feedback so that's amazing <laughs> also it's good for patchy beards yeah that, now, no. that is an exclusive, Jennifer. Okay, I didn't realise that. What I love when you sat down here um, before we started recording, you were saying that somebody that works in this building cycled by yelling what at you? I'm using your, I'm using your moisturiser <laughs> today, which is so lovely. And, it, you know, it really makes... That for me is the payoff, getting the feedback from people. Uh, and I got an email actually not so long ago, an unsolicited email from some guy who'd been using the product. But interestingly, he had really bad eczema on his face to the extent that he was prescribed... Um, a steroid cream which yeah. you know really changes the texture the color of your skin and so it's actually you can't use it for very long because it can be quite dangerous yeah, over long periods the and the interesting part is although it's needed because it's given by a doctor it's a short-term exposure that you're able to 
habit for because it thins the skin so dramatically. Yeah. Um, but so it is more about skin health and trying to rebuild or working alongside something like a steroid. So he had to finish his, steroid, his course of steroid uh, cream because obviously it had gone as long as it was. And someone in his life gave him Kendinko moisturizer. He was using it six, I think he said eight weeks. And he sent me this essay is the only way I can describe it. And the last words were, it has cho totally changed my life because oh, wow. the skin is back to how it should have been, the, the color, the complexion, etc. And that for me, honestly, is the litmus test of success. Mm -hmm. Obviously, yes, sales, you need to hit targets, you need distribution, we need all those things. They're fundamental. But to get the feedback from people uh, who use it on a daily basis, totally, you know, unprovoked is really... It's real. It's really nice. And, and, and also the other day, there was two young guys on my street. Like when I say like, I'd say there were nine and 10, nine and 11, I got oh, chatting to them. Okay. They shared it across the road to me, go, Darren, we love your skincare. <laughs> we love your hair care was what they said. So I went oh. over, obviously interested to see what they had to say. Both of them in blazers. It was the youngest guy's uh, Chris, uh, communion, okay. confirmation. One of them. Okay. And anyway, they both had their hair done with Kendine Co. Oh, and I subsequently met them a few weeks later. And I said, um, I said something about, he said to me, oh, how's, you know, we're still loving the products. I went, oh, great. Have you tried any of the others? And he, the 11 year old said, yes, yes, we use the moisturizer because we know SPF every day is essential. But isn't that amazing? It's that amazing. someone, A, so young would have an awareness and B, I'm going to be sexist for a moment, but statistically men are reluctant to apply a product because they still, unfortunately, perception see it as, you know, more womanly or too self-care-esque. So where, how do you find, so say you're doing a talk here on the radio, what would be the majority of the feedback do you feel that it is harder to get through to men like it's education a large part of your mission at the moment yes education is a real is a real part of it because understandably guys spend their time doing other things so they're not necessarily in tune as to why hyaluronic is good to have in a product or why they should be wearing spf every day so it's about doing that in a way that's easy to digest that isn't going to take up much time and that's simple and that catches their attention. But also I'm aware that a big part of the, the driver of sales for us would be, you know, obviously we're stocked in done stores. So women buy a lot of Kendine Co. For their, or I was going to say, is it for their partners? For their partners. But it's great because actually what I'm delighted with is that I guys come and telling me going, I now have to hide it because my wife is stealing it. I'm oh, like, yes, <laughs> we've changed the tide of the conversation. So what's the future? Can you give us any insights? Is there, is there anything coming? That's all I'd love to know. Yes, potentially. Yes, okay. we will be launching a couple of new products within the next month or two. Oh, exciting. Yeah, On the one year birthday anniversary type time. Around then. Yeah, which is very exciting. And also, 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 so, and this is totally top secret but a little exclusive for you we will be venturing into new markets very soon oh very exciting which is quite exciting that's yeah. very exciting so we're bringing a little a little piece of Ireland abroad with us which is quite exciting as well um, so that's when the time comes say. I will fill you in gladly <laughs> yeah but it's, it's exciting times it's exciting times I mean don't get me wrong setting up a business and you know this a skincare business is is tough I mean you know I'll sit here talk, telling you all about obviously the glory but don't get and I, and I won't go into the pitfalls but there are downs as much as there are highs and just to be a realist there for anyone who's maybe you know starting their own business or wants to change job you know it is tough and it is not rosy but it's worth persisting if you were to summarize Kennedy and Co in one sentence, like you summarized yourself at the beginning, what would you say or who, if they're listening now, should they contemplate looking into it? If I were to summarize Kennedy and Co into uh, one sentence is uh, uncomplicated skincare that's effective and works. 
Brilliant. And I think what I love the most hearing you say, and it's very similar to how we are. Yes, obviously as a business, you have certain things to keep lights on, etc. But when you get those messages in where people tell you, quote, it's changing my life, I feel better in myself, I can look in the mirror. Or like that meeting young little boys on the side of the road and they're like basically boycotting you to tell you they love it. That's real, that's the fact. That's what doesn't kind of get published as such, but it means that when you go to bed at night that you're kind of feeling, yeah, there's a reason why this is a madness journey that I've mm -hmm. taken, but there's a there's a purpose behind it. Also got a message from Niall Horan the other day saying he's loving so his sorry. gardening I love how you dropped yeah, it yeah. at the end. Sorry, it literally happened the other day. I think it was like Monday. Uh, so that's quite exciting. Do you know him well? I don't know Niall super well. I know him. Um, I don't know him very, very well. We've met a few times. I've been in his company on nights out or whatever. He's a lovely guy. Um, but I'm not going to pretend and say we're best mates because yeah. we're not. Um, but again, he's now uh, using Kennedy & Co, which that's is quite phenomenal. exciting. Yeah. You need to get a testimonial and a half for that now in fairness because you do a lot of work do you still do anything with this morning you have I suppose contacts obviously Niall's Irish but you must have contacts in many a story from when you lived and worked in the UK and beyond yeah well you know I'm still very much involved in, the, in London men's fashion and uh, you know I'm back to London on Thursday uh, for a big event with Hugo Boss on uh, on on the river actually it's some big yacht I was at GQ Men of the Year Awards last week and, and there you go you've reminded me uh, Kennedy and Co was in the the winner's goodie bags of the GQ Men of the Year Awards so people like uh, Andrew Scott um I think who else won the award? Loads of people won the award. So it was you're an waiting night. for those DMs to start coming on through now. But it's just you know it's nice <laughs> to be it's nice to be associated with with such a prestigious um, magazine and and. But they'll only event. put in what they believe is premium as well, so it works twofold. Exactly. Thank you so much for your time. I absolutely adored. I got a little bit under your skin. Can I just say that you're an absolute relentless Trojan. You've clearly worked from the second that you've been on this planet. There's so many different industries under your belt, but from my knowing you, I don't know if you remember, but I met you, I think I reminded you recently, I met you originally when I applied for, I think it was a Boots campaign. It was Boots. And we were supposed to record a vlog and then you, we, we became selected as winners. It was five of us and then you came in and gave us like a blog. So I must have been back in the time when the blog was, a huge focus of yours and you gave the do's and the don'ts and the tips and the tricks and I was completely in awe of you because you had so much structure you knew exactly what you wanted you're so articulate so you know it was an absolute pleasure and then to get to know you a little bit more since we worked in fellow ambassadorships together has been an absolute pleasure and look at you now oh my uh, god yeah. that must oh, be what eight much. years ago when did we yeah eight, it must nine be years that ago? long ago and then I stopped it didn't do anything else with it you can actually still I actually think I took them down recently you can still google the videos and they are atrocious it's like done in my mum's house the camera sitting on a ironing board and the frame behind is crooked and I didn't know what I was saying I still spoke <laughs> as fast then as I do now I haven't learned anything Darren and that's one thing you said to me I was like what's my main feedback and you said just speak slowly think of your audience so apparently I'm never thinking of the audience that's terrible but isn't it amazing because you so persisted and you reminded me one of my first ever uh, videos or pieces to camera that I did when I was a, a, a runner on Ireland AM I, I managed to let the producer go out with a camera one day and my friend sent me the clip recently and I have it on YouTube private oh, and I'm standing, I've got to Google it. I'm standing on Morris Street right I've no product in my hair my hair looks like a mushroom and I Dead do it. a link about Lily Savage coming to town. The link is about 50 seconds long and throughout the entire thing, I don't blink because I'm so terrified, right? And literally there's a look of fear in my eyes and not a blink and it's the funniest thing ever. But 
keep, you need it keep you need going it keep back doing at. it persist and you'll eventually get there so my first time on television I think was for expose and I was sitting as part of a panel and it was quite a long day I think it was a couple of hours of filming I'd never been exposed to it before and I was chewing chewing gum obviously from a break we'd had and then realized <laughs> I was due to talk so literally you can still see it you can see the panic in my eyes where I'm going to be asked I think it was Karen Costner was interviewing me I can't remember but I literally take it out delicately like as only a lady would <laughs> find a piece of paper fold it and then squish it and my mum is still mortified to this day and it's brought up a Christmas dinner table. I was like do you remember the time you took tell chewing gum off <laughs> it's mortifying I have a batty buzzer quick nerdy little fire round to ask you before you're allowed to vacate the nerd HQ building are you ready? I'm ready when was the last time you Darren Kennedy used a face wipe? Oh, last week on set. Darren! Uh, yeah, I know. No, just was, lie to me. No, the makeup artist gave it to me and I had so much makeup on that day and I was just exhausted that I took it off. But I did instantly cleanse then afterwards and moisturise. That makes it all freaking okay. Do you use SPF every day? I know the answer. Am of I, course is I it do. going to be Kennedy & Co. Uh, SPF yeah. 20? Yes, Kennedy Co. SPF 20. And can I just say, mm-hmm. if you're going on a sun holiday, you do need to also apply like your regular sun cream on your face because SPF 20 in your moisturiser is for daily you know, Use. getting getting in there, the car, etc., etc. But it's not for sunbathing. So you recommend when some, well, no one should sunbathe. Well, that's a different dose conversation. Well, that's it. Yes. But no. So you say when you go abroad to go with your higher dosage. Yeah, I always do. So I'll use my yeah. moisturizer as always, and then I'll apply afterwards a, a, a higher dosage SPF. I know this answer because you admitted it before we started recording. So do you ever pop a spot? Oh my God, yes. Can I quote to say that we went to take a photograph to obviously have as this as our little thumbnail to promote and Darren's like, can you see the spot on my forehead? I'm like, no. Yeah. But what did you do to your poor face? Oh, I I <laughs> went at I went at something um, three days in a row, which I shouldn't have done. <laughs> and I'm like, can you see it? Can you see it? <laughs> um, do you find, because you're, is it kaolin in your clay mask? Do you find that, that, that the mask helps to absorb extra oil so you're less likely to get spots? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And it also gives you a really polished clean without... Uh, with like, yeah, taking all the goodness yes. out. And do actually, you know, women have been using it as a mask, which has, it's been fantastic to get that feedback, how people are using it. So I now use it as a mask. I'll put it on um, dry skin, a little bit thicker, leave it for about 20 minutes and then shower. And it's really Ooh. nice once a week. That's nice, pre-event. What is something you didn't realize was bad for your skin, but you continued to do until recently? Squeeze spots. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you feed your skin from within? I know the answer. Yes, Tell I do. Me. Are you relentless with it? Like, are you really like hard on yourself or do you have a balance? No, I'm not hard on myself at all. In actual fact, I I think I'm very generous to myself, but it's all about balance. And honestly, I love sweets. I love cake. I love ice cream. They're my absolute vices, but I love things like Thai food, which is full of, you know, lovely sauces, vegetables, meat, rice. I think you can't go wrong. It's balance. I'm, I'm not a Puritan in any form of my life. So do you always wash your face after you work out? Because obviously no, do you... No, never. Gym? Really? Never. Really? Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, never. <laughs> Should I? Okay. Yes. Why? I was, because, okay, so for you, because you don't have... Well, um, maybe I'm wrong. Do you have oil in your background, like acne, prone skin, congested skin? Uh, around my T-zone, yes. Okay. So we would suggest that people would, when they exercise, cleanse as soon as they can, possibly afterwards, only because the sudiferous glands can become blocked, so the sweat doesn't come out, and it can cause inflammation there, you're more... Therefore, more likely to get spots. Well, I'll give you so, an even funnier one. You know, I've only just it. started cleansing in about the past month. Okay, no, that's not funny. There's not one. <laughs> so wipes last week, cleansing a month ago. <laughs> okay, Darren Kennedy, give me one last thing. If you were to explain, um, what was that? <laughs> I'm going to finish it. Darren Kennedy, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. I cannot thank you enough for coming into Nerd HQ. 
your skincare range is to die for. Anyone that's listening oh. needs to go check it out. We will have a blog up on it shortly soon. And um, thank you for giving me access to it before it launched. So I feel like I'm celebrating my one year anniversary being aware of it. Happy birthday to you. And I cannot wait to see what comes in the next few months and abroad. Well, hey, hey. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Look at us. I feel like we've come full circle. I know. <laughs> Thanks a million. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. For listening to the skin nerd podcast make sure to follow us so you don't miss any juicy skin confessionals for more information on our very own skincare range skin ingredients do visit us on skingredients.com or for personalized skin advice join the nerd network visit www.theskinnerd.com forward slash online skin consultations and use ooh, the code podcast 10 for 10 percent off nerd network membership speak soon